BeastNet podcast, sponsored in part by James Safety Services, OCR Buddy, and supported by the fitness community. Here we discuss all things fitness-related, running, rucking, mental health and preparedness, and of course, obstacle course racing. Welcome to the BeastNet. Hey everybody, it's Mike with BeastNet, and on this episode I've got with me Brienne. Um, Brienne, tell everyone, you've been on the show before, but tell everyone a little bit about you and let them know who you are. Yeah, my name's Brianne Showman. I am, I call myself an OCR and running coach now because that's primarily what I do. Um, I come from a physical therapy background, so I bring a lot of that knowledge to what I do. But essentially, I got sick of fixing broken people. I got sick of seeing people constantly in an injury cycle when if we learned how to move better and train better, we wouldn't be injured all the time. So I pretty much now I still fix broken people, but then I teach them how to become resilient so they don't continue getting broken. Which is, which is always good. Um, I know I'm part of your, your Facebook group and yet we've talked a few times about my, my habit of pushing through things when I shouldn't. So I know right now I'm on a, it's driving me nuts. I, I push so hard through June that my body's just wrecked. Oh no. And I know it and I'm really trying to take it easy, but it's driving me nuts because I just want to go run. And I keep telling myself, no, it's like your knee right now is not, and my knee's not hundred percent. And I know it's not. Um, and I'm trying to just take it easy so I can get it back to where it should be because I've had a couple of times over the last year where I've had times where me and you have talked, you know, on Facebook and stuff where I've talked about my knee bugging me and you're like, well, what is it? And I'm like, well, I know what caused it. And it was a, it was a, you know, an, a movement I did wrong or, you know, whatever I had one with the treadmill skipped. And when it skipped my knee popped, you know, and a couple other times just, over overdoing it and you always keep to well you need to step back a little bit you know and that's that's the hardest part for me so it's yeah I know that one and right now I am in that stage where I'm holding back I've got a triathlon this weekend and I'm like I want to I want to train but at the same time I know I should be tapering for the triathlon and you know I've been I push hard in June I did a lot in June so yeah so what do you I know I just said a lot, but what, what do you, I mean, normally, you know, we've had these conversations. What do you say to someone like me who's doesn't know, I, I don't know how to taper up. I don't know how to slow down. And that's one of my biggest issues. You know, honestly, it's so hard. And like, I, I mean, I'm a clinician, I'm a coach, I know better, but even as like, I let the athlete mindset take over at times. And it's like, I feel this little thing, but I want to do this workout today, or I just want to keep pushing. So I totally get it from, from the athlete standpoint. And it is so hard to shut down. Um, and there's times that I'll have my colleague who's like helping me work on some stuff, just be like, no, you're not doing that. And so like, okay, cool. Like someone legitimately told me it's not just me. Like maybe I shouldn't. Um, like, I think that's why in my mind, whether it's having a good, like, coach or trainer at your gym or someone you're working with virtually. I like, I think that's why having a clinician or a coach or someone that you work with one-on-one can be really helpful because you do have that outside person who can be like, you know what, like you need to stop. Like you're more as an athlete, we're more likely to listen to that other person rather than to ourselves. And we know we should stop. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, that's so true. I mean, I I've had, I've had a coach, a personal coach throughout this at different times. Um, just sometimes financially, it's a little tough, but I have a lot of friends that I can, I can lean on to, but having that coach has been a huge, there's been a couple of times where if I hadn't, I hadn't had a coach to look at me and say, look, 
you're going to hurt yourself if you keep moving on this path. Why don't we, you know, and giving me, that's the best thing for me. If you give me another route, say, okay, yes, I know you want to run, but let's do this to, to, to save your knee, you know, and do these other workouts, upper body, which in a lot of ways still help with the running because it, it gives you that muscle tone and everything else around your body, you know, and I hit that point where I hit the, I had the runner's body for a little while and it was too, I didn't like it. <laughs> Where I was just, I, I was really skinny. Like I dropped down to over, under 180, which I haven't been under 180 in over 20 years. And it was like, my face was sunk in. I mean, but, and everyone's like, are, are you sick? And I'm like, no, I've just, you know, I've actually done this a healthy way, but I've just, I hit that point where I was just, there wasn't, I'm used to having muscle mass and I just didn't have any. So yeah. that's been another thing of having a coach that can help you. Cause as athletes, we get stuck on one thing. Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So now you've been doing this for a long time, being, being a coach. And like I said, I know you have the, the Facebook group that I'm a part of and everything like that. And I, I get a lot of really good advice and stuff like that. And a lot of stuff that you do there that is really cool. Um, what made you decide to do that? The Facebook group or just the, my transition in general? Both of it. I mean, kind oh. of the Facebook group and then, you know, I mean, transitioning, you know, in general. Yeah. Um, I've just realized, and it's part of the reason I put so much education out there. It's like, as I grew up a runner, switched to the CrossFit world and transitioned to both of them with OCR. And there's just so many athletes in all sports. Um, but I feel like it's especially in like this environment that it's like, well, being injured is just part of running. Like knee pain is normal because, and foot pain is normal because every other person in my running group has it, or like every racer has shoulder pain. So it's just totally normal to, to deal with it. And there's just so many myths around this that, I just felt someone had to start educating people that's like, yes, this is what everyone believes and what you keep getting told. But I'm like, there's a way to not be injured constantly. And, and I think, and it just comes from that passion and that frustration of myself being injured quite a few times by not understanding it's why. And then just seeing all these people out there who are constantly injured because they're not understanding why. And I just feel like there's such a huge disconnect there. Yeah, I agree. Um, I know one of the big things that I've noticed a lot is kind of the rise of the cookie cutter workouts. Yes. Um, and I've talked to, you know, my, my other friend, Elise, I, you probably know Elise. I've talked to Elise a few times on that one um, on the co- idea of the cookie cutter workout and why it's better to have a personal coach sometimes rather than the cookie cutter. Cause that was one thing I tried for a long time. I tried a lot of the beach body and there's nothing wrong with beach body. They work great. But my biggest problem was, is I do have knee issues and I know I do. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the beach body is jumping and stuff like that, which I do a lot of, a lot of impact on my knees with running. And I didn't want to add to it, you know, with my, my other cardio. And that was kind of the one problem I had with the cookie cutter is there was no way for me to say, okay, I don't want to hurt my knee. So how could I do this? You know, I mean, they don't talk back to you in the beach body. It's just a video. <laughs> you know, so there was no way to get that. And that's why I like the personal coach. Cause it was one of those things, you know, when I've had a personal coach, they were very good about like, okay, every week, what hurts? How did you feel on this? How did you feel on that? Because they adjust it to you so that you become the best that you can. And I think a lot of times people end up doing those, you know, the beach bodies and stuff like that, which like I said, nothing really against them. They are great cardio. They are good for that. But sometimes they don't have that, that personal edge that a personal coach will give you and will help you to get to that next level. Yeah. You know, if someone's just looking to get in shape or like 
is in shape, wants to stay in shape and doesn't have injuries, those things can be great. Um, but if you have injuries, if you have specific goals, as far as racing goals and that sort of thing, those types of programs, those cookie cutter things aren't going to be best for you. Great for you. Um, and I think the other thing with that too, is finding the right coach or right trainer to work with who understands injuries and knows how to help with them. Cause mm-hmm. I've, I've talked to a lot of people who was like, Oh, I'm working with a trainer. And like, we just don't do this stuff because of this injury rather than like, we're doing this stuff to strengthen and get over this injury. So I can do everything again. And um, I, there's so many times I just see people modifying workouts forever because they don't think they can do something rather than like actually figuring out, out what's going on and fixing that. So they can do everything again. Yeah. And and that is so true. And that's one thing, you know, if you find that right coach and that should be something they should focus on is not necessarily not doing an activity, but figuring out how to make it so you can. Because for a long time, I didn't do burpees very well because my foot, when I broke it, I don't get a push very well off my left foot. Um, I can't really push, but we modified and did workouts until I could do that. You know, and it was one of those instead of just saying, "Okay, we're just never going to do this. Let's figure out how we can get your your foot movement to get to that. And that's kind of the big thing I I find with a good coach. A good coach isn't just about running, isn't just about lifting. It's about whole body wellness. You know, absolutely. about, you know, your, your knee is screwed up. Okay, cool. Let's figure out how we can still do these workouts and strengthen your knee so it doesn't, you know, doesn't do it again. Because that's one thing I've noticed, like um, when I was bigger. I would dislocate my shoulder two or three times a month because my shoulder was trying to do hanging obstacles with 280 pounds. My shoulder just could not handle it. So I would just, and it sounds horrible, but I would just not do workouts with my shoulders and only do like, you know, events. And then of course it happened more often because I'm not strengthening my shoulders. Uh So once I got a coach, it was strengthen the shoulders, get them back. And since I've, you know, lost the weights helped, but also strengthen up my shoulders. Now all of a sudden, you know, I can get that, you know, hanging obstacles and even have, uh, you know, a catch myself without having to worry about popping that shoulder out. Um, and that's the big thing about a good coach is, I mean, you know, that's one thing that I've seen you talk a lot about was body wellness, the whole body, mm-hmm. not just getting fit, not just getting, you know, rid of fat, not just getting stronger, but whole body wellness. So, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and when you talk about whole body, we have to remember that like the body's all connected. So mm-hmm. that ankle injury you had 10, 15 years ago, very likely created compensations up the chain if you didn't get it properly treated, causing knee issues, hip issues, shoulder issues, like you name it. And so when we're looking at injuries in general, like we need to look full body and just figure out like what's moving well, what's not, and what do we have to fix? Yeah. Yeah. And that is so true. I mean, that's one thing that, you know, I've noticed like with my foot, uh, with my foot injury, I had my, that knee on that side, the hip actually on the other side mm-hmm. was having issues because of compensation, yep. you know, and I was having problems with my lower back because the way I moved because of that foot. Um, and then once I started losing, you know, losing the weight and exercising and got the movement back in that foot, all of a sudden the other injuries, you know, or issues started kind of working their way out. Um, and it was, I'll be honest, a couple of times during that training, getting the foot movement was painful, but it was part of the problem that I had is I kept thinking the pain was, and sometimes this is true. Sometimes it's not for me, the pain on that, it was scar tissue. Mm-hmm. And then once the scar tissue, every once in a while I would do something and I would get a horrible pop 
and massive pain throughout my foot. But then all of a sudden the next day I could move and I'm like, okay. And, you know, I talked to my doctor and, you know, physical therapist and I'm like, what is this? And they're like, that's scar tissue breaking up as it breaks up, it's going to hurt. But, you know, eventually, you know, by doing it, I mean, don't hurt yourself, but you know, it will give you movement back. Yeah. And I think that's an important thing to point out. And it takes an awareness of yourself to recognize like, is this an okay pain or is it not? But at the same time, like having that person to run it off of, like I had a client message me a couple, like a week or so ago. She's like, Hey, I'm feeling this with this exercise. Like, is this normal? Is it something I should be concerned about? Um, And so just having that person there to like really help you understand, like as my body is learning to move differently, like, are these things I'm feeling totally normal or is it something I need to be concerned of? Yeah. And I think a lot of people, that's why a lot of people stop doing stuff is all of a sudden they'll start getting like, if I hadn't talked to my doctor and, you know, a couple of friends that were coaches and stuff like that, when the first started getting that pain in my foot, it was one of those. And I mean, I went to my doctor and they actually checked my foot to make sure I wasn't doing damage. And they were like, no, it's just, it's, scar tissue, there's going to, this is going to happen. But if it continues after like two months, yes, come back and talk to us. But you know, it should come with more movement after each time. And they were right. But if I hadn't went and talked to them, I would have been like, Oh, nope, my foot's jacked. I can't do this anymore. I just, I need to stop. Mm-hmm. But it was one of those, they're like, okay, it's kind of a choice. You either stop or you deal with this little bit of pain to push through to the, you know, to get to where you're at. And I mean, I went from you know, when I first started with the the foot pain, and everything else, I was like a 17 minute mile was good. And now if I'm not under 10, I'm pissed. So <laughs> that's awesome. That's a huge improvement. <laughs> yeah. So, and I mean, it's, you know, and that's one of the nice things too, is like Facebook, I post all the time uh, my runs and a lot of people are like, why do you do that? I'm like, cause in a year, those are going to pop back up. And that's going to be my motivation of, Hey, look where I was a year ago. And I see those. I saw one the other day that said, Hey, I hit five miles in less than an hour. And I was so excited. And I'm like, that's slow <laughs> <laughs> now, but back then that was, you know, hugely exciting. And it's so nice to, to, to see that progression. Cause we forget that sometimes. We really do. We really yeah. do. We really forget that progression where I'm looking in a mirror now and I have gained some back, but some of them I needed to, like I said, I got a little too skinny there for a bit, but then I gained a little more than I wanted to. So I need to work on a few things again, but I'm still not where I was, you know? Yeah. So. And it's so, it's so hard when, we remember where we were pre injury or yes. pre life life circumstance. Like I went, I think, you know, I had my, I had that foot injury last summer. Yeah. I was in a boot and all that. And like earlier this year, I was like, as competition started popping up and I was like, just wasn't doing as well as I wanted to in different things. And I was getting pressure. And I was like, all of a sudden it clicked. I'm like, I could barely walk a year ago. Yeah. Like, and like a year ago now I was still in the boot. And <laughs> And so it's like, it definitely takes that perspective sometimes of seeing those pictures or just like remembering like where you were, where you are now. And just to like fully understand, like I've made a huge progress in a year, not, well, I was there two years ago. So why can't I be there again? And I think that is the hardest, especially as we get older, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm in my forties now. So, you know, I can't look back at what I was doing in my twenties and, but I mean, I'll be honest right now, I'm probably in better shape than I was in my twenties, but you know, in my 20s, I also, you know, drank a lot more than I do now. I smoked, I did everything else, you know, and I don't do, you know, I don't smoke anymore. I I, I still drink, just not, you know, not to the levels I was, but, <laughs> you know, I'm I'm not completely against drinking. I just, I, I was one of those, like, you know, a, a half gallon a weekend kind of guy. Now I'm like, I think I bought a half gallon four months ago that's still in the kitchen. So. <laughs> but 
so it's kind of one of those and I, I drink a lot more i mean coffee this morning but you know after that i've already got the the noon ready to go but a lot more that was another thing i found was nutrition and you know hydration mm-hmm. i was horrible about hydration and now i drink probably i'd say a hundred and some ounces a day that's so great there's i go through these are 32 ounces and i do at least i have two of them that i refill twice throughout the day okay but you know and but i hate i hate water so i usually put like crystal light or noon or something in them for flavor which is fine i mean at the end of the day like you need like the fact that you're getting the fluids in you is the important part. Um, yeah. And yeah, so many people struggle with, with the hydration part of it, whether it's just because they don't get thirsty or they don't like the flavor of water. Um, there's a lot of factors to it. But um, a good friend of mine started working with a nutrition coach recently and really upped her water intake. And a couple of weeks later, she was just like, I'm really getting sore. I'm recovering so much faster. And just because she had upped her water intake significantly, and yeah. she fully missed now she was barely drinking any water. So, um, but yeah, just those little things. It was, it really is it's for me. I mean, I'm a, I'm a big coffee drinker. I love my coffee. Um, and that's one thing I did cut, kind of cut back on. Um, I quit getting the mochas. Now I get, I put my protein shake in my coffee. Oh, nice. So I just brew coffee and then put my protein shake in it as my, my creamer. So that works. I kind of double dip there. I get my coffee plus my protein. That was one of my, I drank a lot of coffee, but I barely, rarely drank water. So now I had to set myself a timer. Like I have in the morning, I have my, my thermos and my one cup of coffee and that's, that's all I get. Okay. And as soon as that's gone, then I switch, you know, to water, you know, water, noon, something like that. Because my biggest thing was I would drink coffee till I got home. Okay. And I was one of those and I would drink coffee till sometimes seven, eight o'clock at night and just not drink water at all. Just straight coffee. And it's like, coffee's a diuretic. Now it's not really hydrating you, dude. It's liquid, but it's not hydration. <laughs> like a lot of times people grab alcohol. They're like, oh, it's liquid. Yeah, but it's it's not hydration. That's, that, that's the opposite. It's not helping you. Not helping you at all. Even if the vodka is clear, it's not helping. <laughs> right. May look like water. But, you know, that's one of the things that, you know, I, I find too is, I mean, and that's one thing that's great. Like I said, you know, with your, your Facebook page, I mean, there's a lot of that information talking about, you know, that kind of stuff. Do you like the BeastNet? Do you want to keep hearing it? Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and more at BeastNetPod. So how do you do your, your training? I know, I know how you do the, the, the Facebook page. You have that. And there's a lot of us on there that sit there. We talk back and forth and, you know, about our wins, you know, stuff like that. But how does your training work? So primarily, I just follow, well, two, two ways. Um, the main portion of my training is I follow the gym programming, which is actually really legit, like solid, hard programming. Um, but then from there, usually at least at least twice a week, if not four times a week, I'm putting in extra work, working on like any of my weaknesses or just things I want to improve. So doing some skill work or working on like cycling the barbell or just working on some strength stuff. Um, I love just like pulling out the sled and sandbags and playing around with those. So, um, so that's usually majority of my training is CrossFit and then my own skill work on the side. Um, Mm. I definitely don't run as much as I used to. Um, but I've also found as long as I maintain my fitness, I can still run really well. <laughs> so I I've haven't really pushed the running side of things. Yeah. I've heard that from a few people that as long as you maintain the the, the fitness, you can do the running. Mm-hmm. So uh, nice. 
So now when you train other people, how does that work? Is it one of the ones, because I know some people do a mix of both in-person and, you know, uh, over the, you know, virtual stuff like that. Um, I know a lot of coaches that were in person had to switch to virtual during the, you know, the pandemic and everything like that. But um, how does yours, how do you do yours? Yeah, the majority of my work is virtual. I still see some people in person if they just happen to live locally and Mm -hmm. and reach out to me. Um, But most of my stuff is virtual. And I do everything from like, I work with runners and also course racers. So there's some that's just like, we're training for whatever marathons coming up or just, you know, trying to get them back to running. Um, and it's very more run specific programming, both running and strength work. Um, and then there's others that it's more like we're working on everything OCR related because they're more OCR side of things, but yeah, most of my stuff is virtual. So I do full programming for people. Um, we get on virtual calls so I can actually like watch them move, see what's going on with things. Um, at times I'll have them film themselves doing different things so I can kind of get a real life view of like what's going on so we can tweak things and improve things that way. So, um, even though it's virtual, there's still very much a like hands-on element because my eyes are on them so much. And then that's what I've learned from the, the good, you know, virtual coaches is there's a lot of the videos, you know, having taking videos yourself or even being on like a zoom call like this, where you can, they can see you and watch you do the exercises and help you still help you, you, you work. Um, I think a lot of people worry about the virtual cause they think it's more just like me and you sitting here talking, which is part of it, you know, and a lot of them, cause it's, I mean, how else are you going to learn what the person needs, how they're feeling, stuff like that. Um, cause most good coaches, uh, it's like you said, it's full body. You're thinking everything, even mind. I mean, mm-hmm. your stress level, stuff like that can take effect of how you're doing and all that kind of stuff and where you are, are mentally. So, um, that's awesome. So do you, do you do that full time or? Yeah. I'm fully doing my own thing now. I've, it's really funny. Like I was kind of doing a part-time vacation coverage PRN stuff up until COVID hit wanting to get out of it, but just never like fully being to the point that I could. And then COVID hit, they didn't need me anymore. So I was like, all right, we're done. We just yeah. got to get this thing going like full steam ahead. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so it's just my thing now. That's awesome. So and I mean, from everything I've seen, I mean, you're a great coach. Um, I mean, other people that, you know, I know they've used you, you're, you do great. And I mean, you, you talk to people, like you said, it's, I like coaches personable. I'm one of those ones. I've had both types. I've had the type that, you know, the drill sergeant, and I just, I'm not good with taking direction. Like if someone's just drill, like yelling things at me, I just want to turn around and start throwing things at them. So I like the ones that talk to me and like, Hey, Cause I, you know, I'm a safety professional. I, I, you know, I, I do construction safety, stuff like that. And I teach classes a lot and I do a lot of hands-on and I'm more the same type where it's like, I'm going to explain to you why we should do this and what this is going to do for you and how this is going to keep you safe. And that's the same thing I, I expect from my coaches and that, and that I like from coaches is the coaches that are going to say, Hey, we're going to do this exercise, not because I'm telling you to, but this is why we're going to do it because it's going to strengthen up that knee. Yes, it doesn't seem like it's, you know, a great exercise, but this is going to strengthen up that knee. That's going to help you with your running. And then you explain it to me. Otherwise I'm looking at you going, why am I doing this? Mm-hmm. No, yeah. no, this isn't, you know, karate kid, Mr. Miyagi telling me to wax the fence and not telling me why, <laughs> you know, I don't want to, I don't want to understand in a week why I want to understand now before I do it. And that I know not everyone's brain works that way, but that's how mine is. Yeah. And you know, and I'm right there with you. Like that's how I am too. And it seems like the, you know, like tracks alike. So I get it. But, um, most of my clients tend to be that way. 
but it's not something because not everybody who does want to learn that stuff. So, um, but a lot of times like they'll ask like, what's this for? And so like, I will gladly explain it to them. And so, yeah, I'd like people to not only say that they're like questioning me on like what I'm doing and my validity, but I like them to ask why just so I can be like, this is what we're doing. This is like what your body needs to know how to do. And, and, uh, I think it's really helpful. Well, it is. And I think people are more likely to put their real effort into it. If they don't, mm-hmm see why and it doesn't make sense in their brain they're like i don't i'm gonna do this because they're telling me to do it but i don't understand why i'm doing it but if you explain why to it i think they're more likely to really put the effort into it and really try to make it work because they understand what the results gonna be you mm-hmm. know so i and agree I, and that is the big one so it's like you know a lot of people tell me when they tell me to slow down they're like okay you're pushing you're pushing hard but you need to back off a little bit and i'm like but why you know, and then they'll start explaining because actually it gives you, you, you know, your muscles time to relax. It gives them, you actually do better by, by giving your muscles time to repair from what you've done to them. Because I did marathon two weeks later, another marathon. Two weeks after that, I did 30 miles of hiking up in the, in with heat, basically with heat exhaustion. Um, <laughs> pushed myself to heat exhaustion, then cooled myself down and rehydrated and went back out. And then the next week I did another 30 miles of hiking up in the, all within like, you know, six weeks of each other. So it was like, you know, by the time I, I finished the last one, like my knee was throbbing and my legs were just like, I hate you. And it's been, you know, everyone's like, okay, you need to just stop for a bit. You know, and the last one I did, it was right at the beginning of July was the last 30 miles I did in like one, you know, hiking up in, in the mountains with like 5,000 feet elevation and everything else. And it was just like, okay, you just need to take a break for a bit. So I'm still going to hit my hundred miles for the month. But I think I'm just going to just hit the 100 miles for the month. I'm not going to, you know, I think last July, I was trying to beat last year's numbers. And last July was over 170. And I'm like, no, I, I'm not. Doing it. It's like this month, I need to just, they're easy miles. I'm doing like two, three miles a day. If that, some, some days just one mile, you know, but I'm just trying to do easy miles. Nothing, not pushing time, you know, 10, 11 minute miles, nothing, nothing crazy. But yeah, it, it's hard to get to that because I keep looking at those times and I'm like 35 minute 5K, what? That's not right. I should be under 30 minutes. And it's like, yes, but a year ago, you were happy with 35 minutes. You would have been ecstatic. And now it's like, you know, just relax. You'll get back to the under 30 minutes. You just need to let your legs come back. Yeah. And you know, those, those slower days are important too. Like when you're in a, if you're working with a running coach and you're in a, in a training cycle of any sort, it's like, you're any good coach should be programming those days of just like, I want you running slow. Like, this is an easy day. You are, this is not your tempo run. This is not your interval pace. Like this is a very slow, easy day. Um, like my brother, for example, he's an ultra runner. Um, really good one. And like, I know what his training pace, like he'll go do his intervals at like sub six minute miles and he'll do some of his training runs at like right around seven, but then he'll do some of his runs at 10 minute mile pace because he understands like, I need a rest recovery day. Like I can still put miles in, but I just need, need this too. Um, so it's just important to really understand like why those periods are needed. And that is so true. Cause I mean, that's, I've got a lot of friends that, you know, I've ran with a lot in the past, done stuff with, and they come back now and they're like, well, you don't want to run with me. You're a lot faster than I am now. And I'm like, I can be if I want to be, but I also need those days, you know, where, someone's there to, you know, someone's with me that I can talk to and I can slow myself down because if I go out by myself, I'm going to, I'm going to push it. 
because I'm going to get bored and I'm going to be like, well, I can go faster than this. I can do faster and I'm going to take off. But if I have someone with me to talk to me and keep me, you know, keep me down, you know, slow down, then that's that's better for me. So and, and I enjoy those and I miss those. I honestly, yeah, that's one thing during COVID that I found that I missed. I got and I'm trying to get away from it. I got used to running by myself. Just doing okay. all my doing all my workouts, doing everything alone. Where before COVID, it was always with the groups, with friends, and now it's just like you know, pretty much. I just hey, I'm going running. If someone wants to go, show up. If not, whatever. I don't care. I'm going. You know. But I even stopped doing that. Now it's just you know, all of a sudden I'll post like, hey, I did this run. Everyone's like, why don't you invite us? I'm like, hey, you know. <laughs> Like I just do my thing now. <laughs> I just kind of do my thing, and it's like now all of a sudden things are opening, and I want to go out and do stuff with friends, but it's almost like you forget how. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, wait, I'm supposed to invite people? This <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> is weird. Yeah. Wait, because, yeah, it's like that the, the second 30-mile hike that I told you about. I was out in the Mount Rainier by myself for 30 miles and, like, nine hours just hiking through the woods. You know, and everyone's like, why do you have someone go with you? I'm like, I didn't think about it. I just went out and kind of hiked. It was only supposed to be, like, a 10-mile hike, but somebody may have got lost. But <laughs> No judgment here. I uh, have done that plenty of times myself. Well, it was, it was the CSU. It was, it was the weekend after CSU and I went up to go pull the signs and my plan was to go up one trail and then back down the other. Well, I ran out of time. So I just came back down the first one I came, went up, but I pulled all the markers as I went up <laughs> because like I said, I was going to jump over to the other trail and come back down that one and pull all the markers. And so as I'm coming back down, I'm not paying attention, just enjoying wildlife. And all of a sudden I'm like, this doesn't look familiar at all. <laughs> And then I pop open my phone and luckily the GPS was still working. And it's like, yeah, you're like seven miles off course. And I'm like, oh, oops. <laughs> <laughs> I should have really been back to camp by now. But yeah, my bad. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> but it was one of those things. It's like, you know, a lot of people like for you. I'm like, no, I was out in the middle. It was it was gorgeous. I mean, it was one of those. I was just lost in nature. And those are those are the best days. I, I, mm-hmm. I really that's one thing that I found recently that I miss. Um, I miss just. I love racing. I love going to see people, but I do miss just going out in the woods and getting lost. Yeah, I would agree. Now, I used to do that so much when I was a teenager and stuff like that. Just go out and start hiking and just go. And now I think, you know, as we get older, we lose that because we have to have that challenge. We have to have that. Oh, it's a race. Oh, we need that medal. We need, and I'm like, no, I just, I just want to go get lost in the woods. That's great. I like, I love that. Um, and I think too, like it doesn't happen enough because it's like, we have like this, whatever commitment with our kids in the afternoon. So we only have like two hours so you can go out or, you know, there's just so much stuff that's in our life that we don't take that like time to be like, you know what, I'm going to take a day to just like go explore and not care about what time I get back or, you know, any of that. Yeah. And that's one of the things I miss. I mean, it's one of those, I mean, I'm getting more and more where I have that time because my youngest is 19. So I can pretty much be like, deal with your own stuff. I'm gone. Um, (laughs) (laughs) it's like but vacations it's like you know my wife is one of those she's a planner like we go we're we're going to hawaii in a couple weeks for the spartan races and also for my youngest graduation and stuff his gift graduation gift and all that and she's got like every day planned for like two weeks and i'm like i just want to like go roam and she's like well we've got this day we're hiking diamond head and i'm like okay (laughs) like (laughs) like i'm more of that time like wake up in the morning and say hey let's just randomly go do this you know i'm that's my ideal vacation. I'm my whole life is planning everywhere, you know, job, everything else is planning. So when I'm on vacation, I just want to be able to like wake up and be like, ah, let's go do this. But, but it's tough too. Cause sometimes now that COVID's over, 
it's a lot of companies are still having you have to plan things like mm-hmm. and that's one of the hardest things a lot of things in hawaii to be able to do you have to plan you know and it's really weird like you have to say okay this is the day i'm doing this yeah i hate you know i i um my plan was i was gonna go hike the incline trail in colorado um i was i'm saying was because the week i was going to go i've now qualified for a CrossFit competition out in Fort Wayne, Indiana. So I'm going to be going there instead. Um, But when I was looking into it, it is that it's like you, I think it's two days ahead of time. You can like basically request for your passes because they are limiting how many people are on the trail at a given time because of COVID. And yeah, it's really interesting now. Like you can't just some places you still can, but there's a lot of things that you just can't go be like, I'm going to go hike this today because I want to. Yeah, there's a few that you can. I mean, you can go just random ones. Like I've looked a lot of ones up here. You know, I live up in, you know, Washington and there's a lot of the Mount Rainiers where I've gone a couple of times up in that Mount Rainier National Forest. And there's some you can just still go up there and just go. Mm-hmm. But some of them too, you have to wait till certain times of the year because other times of the year when we were doing, you know, beginning of June, we were still hitting snow. Yeah. You know, so it was kind of one of those. So we had to have, you know, the 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 spikes and poles and everything else and you got to make sure that you're paying attention and plan for it one of the things that i really need to get my hands on i need the the straw for uh, drinking water because that's where i made my mistake like when i said i got the heat exhaustion that's where i made my mistake i've never needed more than two liters even on a marathon of water um and so i had two liter hydro pack but it was a hundred and something degrees so all of a sudden the part of the trail came out and for about five miles up and five miles back, so almost 10 miles, there was no tree cover. There was nothing. It was just a heat pounding down on you. And as I was coming back, I ran out of water. Okay. Well, you and, also aren't used to that heat. Like here in Arizona, we know it's like, we just take tons of water with us because okay. it's, even if we go at 5am, we're going to be hitting hundred degree temperatures pretty fast. Yeah. Um, so we know to take a lot of water, <laughs> but I'm like, you aren't as much used to that. No. No. And it was one of those, like I said, if I'd had this, if I'd had this straw for drinking out of the stream, I came up on a stream that I could have used, but then it's like, you know, you're thinking, okay, I've got two options here. I can hope I can make it back to camp and not get heat stroke. Hope I just don't, I don't go past the heat exhaustion or I can drink water and hope that there's nothing in it that makes, you know, me have other issues. So <laughs> I chose to to take the chance on the heat stroke, but <laughs> <laughs> I made it though. I made it back to camp, but I, I drank, I think it was six bottles of water within like 10 minutes, just guzzling it. Oh and my then, gosh. you know, I took about four hours of making sure I could cool my body and make sure I was hydrated. And before I even went back out and waited till it was like evening and the, the temperatures were dropping. Okay. It's scary. Well, yeah, it is. And it's one of those things that, you know, it's planning. I mean, if you're going out there in the woods and or you're going out anywhere, make sure you plan, make sure you're ready for that. And that was one thing I, I knew I should have had, but I didn't do. Mm-hmm. Now I know better for next time. Well, that's one of the problems here in Phoenix that we deal with because we get so many tourists who don't really realize the impact of the heat. And so um, not that other mountain rescues don't happen because of just things happen, but so many times the like middle of the day heat related injuries rescues are happening just because people just don't understand what this, what the environment here is. And that is one of those things, like I said, I mean, up here in Washington, I'm so used to, we don't, I mean, the, the days that I was doing that, you know, the, the, where I got the heat exhaustion, those were the hottest days I think they had on record here in Washington. Mm-hmm. So we're not used to that kind of heat. And it's, it's weird in Washington. It's not a humid heat, but it's not really a dry heat. 
you know, I, and, and a lot of people, you know, they're like, Oh, dry heat. No, I get it. I've been down to, you know, I was in uh, Arizona earlier this year and I understand the dry heat. I prefer the dry heat over the, the humid. Cause I've been oh, in absolutely. Hawaii when it's hot and I can't stand the humid. So it's because you have places that are sweating. You didn't know it could sweat, but, <laughs> but, and it's just, it's, it's a different type of heat. And you actually get, I get dehydrated quicker in the, the humid heat. Cause it's just, I, I can't, I can't get, you know, the, the sweat off, you yeah. know, which is the way you're supposed to cool off. So I have problem, more problems in humid than I do in, in, in dry, which actually is pretty normal. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I prefer the dry heat. It's just a different type of heat. I prefer it. I would rather be, I could handle a hundred degrees in a dry heat, a hundred degrees in a humid heat. I would want to die. I'm rather with you. I grew up in humid and that's why I moved to Phoenix. <laughs> yeah. I know we're, we're, we're looking at possibly Texas. There's one we just the taxes in Washington are too high. It's getting ridiculous, but yeah, it's, but who knows? That's that's in another year or so. And with what I do for a living, I mean, I can teach safety. Very true. That's awesome. A degree and everything else, I can go anywhere and do safety. But <laughs> so, how would people find you if they if they wanted to you find you as a coach? Yeah, um, I you can go to my website getyourfixpt.com. Otherwise, you can find me on Facebook. Um, to, you can either hop into my group, which is Obstacle Course Racing Athlete Health and Performance, or you can just search my name and I should pop up as well and find my profile, Brianne Showman, and uh, send me a message that way. Um, so any of those methods work. Yeah, and we'll put links to them on the with the episode when it airs, so that way Perfect. people can find you. Because, um, yeah, I highly recommend reaching out and, you know, doing stuff, Brianne. I mean, it's great. You know, you do great work. Is there anything else you want to say to the listeners before we, we cut out or. I think just final thoughts is just like remembering, like just kind of that final note of like the cookie cutter things, just like they work for some people, but not for most. And especially if you are injured or like have just been stuck in an injury cycle or working on a skill and not making progress, it's probably because whatever, like exercise you're Googling or YouTube searching is not actually addressing the problem that you're dealing with. Um, Like hundreds of different things can cause knee pain. Hundreds of different things can keep you from being able to be successful at whatever skill you're working on. And unless you address the actual cause that you're having, you're not going to have that success, which is why like a coach is really helpful. Yeah. And I agree completely. It's one of those things I've seen it um, with myself and with others where it's, you, you Google or whatever, look up what would be causing the knee pain. You're like, okay, this is it. Maybe if I do these exercises, it'll help. And it actually starts to make it worse. Mm-hmm. And then you talk to a coach or someone, you know, who understands this stuff and you tell them exactly what the knee pain, explain where it happens, how it happens. It's like, oh, it hurts when I go downstairs. Okay. That means something different than if it hurts going upstairs. And a lot of people don't realize that. Yeah. So talking to a coach will give you that like, hey, this is what the actually is happening. Google isn't telling you what's really happening. I can, you know, this is what's actually happening and this is what's going to help fix it, you know? And that's why, you know, if the cookie cutter things are working for you, great. But if you're having, you're stuck. And a lot of times I find people that do those, they'll plateau. They hit a spot and then they're just stuck there because the cookie cutters got you to a certain point, but you need a coach to change that up so that you can get past that plateau. So if you're stuck, if you have pain that you just can't get rid of anything like that, reach out to, you know, Brianne or, or another coach that you trust and get help. Love it. Absolutely. Oh, perfect. Well, thank you. It's always a blast talking to you. Um, uh, you're welcome. Anytime. Let me know if you want to come back on for anything special and we will talk to you soon. 
Awesome. Sounds good. Thank you so much. All right. See you later. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the BeastNet podcast. If you haven't done it yet, find us on Facebook. Like and share the podcast. Give us a review on iTunes or Spotify. All these things will help to expand the show in the future. Don't forget to subscribe and let us know what you think and what you'd like to hear. Yeah.